Hey, all you gay, anxious gremlins. Okay, um, oh boy, it's been a wild week in Washington, D.C. You'll read about all of that later, I'm sure. But uh, I'm just here to talk about dumb movies, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, I hope everyone's doing great. <laughs> this week, I have an amazing guest. Uh, Megan Pope is a comedian in New York and the highest rated sarah Bareilles lesbian dancer on tiktok <laughs> they are also a thirst trap satirist they're doing the true work of satire by taking like the catalog of thirst traps that the instigays are still managing to get out there despite the fucking pandemic they're, they've got a catalog of themselves just by the pool um fucking thirsting out and Megan is recreating in their apartment in New York with whatever they have at hand these amazing photos and using photoshop and and there are hundreds of these things you guys need to check them out um and Megan as soon as they brought up the movie Alien I was like oh my god let's do it because every time I watch that movie uh something just gets even gayer about it i love alien i love how queer it is i love how much of a classic it is it's really like the perfect horror movie the perfect sci-fi movie and can we just talk about ellen ripley sigourney weaver like can we can you and i just have a conversation about her for a second because fucking legend all right and We'll get into it, uh, Megan and I, on this episode. If you'd like to check out my Patreon, you can do that or follow me at Joshua Simon Says. If you would like to donate to a great cause, um, this week uh, I'd love to shout out the Okra Project, a group that is providing meals to trans women in need, and they're doing the real work out there. Um... So I hope that you enjoy this episode about the fucking flappy flaps and the knobby knobs of Alien. <laughs> I don't fucking know what I'm doing. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to <laughs> The Gag, a spookcast where I, Joshua Simon, talk about queer things and horror things and queer horror things, such as an alien who penetrates you and then doesn't call you back the next day. Tragic. Um, my spooper special guest is thirst trap satirist and comedy person, Megan Pope. Hello. Hello. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Wow. Uh, I'm excited to have you on um, because I've seen your work. Um, I usually ask my guests, what, what turned you gay this week? But I'd like to offer that what turned me gay this week was going into a deeper dive on your thirst traps. Oh, my God. I, God bless you for doing that. Honestly. <laughs> it's quite a roller coaster ride. There's 160 of them. So. Uh, there are so many. When did you start doing them? Um, I actually started at the beginning of quarantine. Uh, yeah. A handy project to Very have. much, very much so. I was struggling to be creative in any other way. Um, 
and I was like, why not take a couple pictures? And it led to far too many. <laughs> I mean, did you start, um, for those who don't know, Megan uh, parodies all these thirst trap photos from Instagrammers, athletes, comedians, like everyone. Who, who do you like, do you, did you search out celebrities first or friends or? Um, so I was actually, uh, I was about to hop on Zoom Seder with my family oh. <laughs> and I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw this one gay thirst trap of just like a random, his name's Pete, if he's listening, shout out, we have a great friendship Hi, now, <laughs> um, Petyville, I think on Twitter and he was lying on his stomach, uh, like ass up in his underwear and a little bit of his computer showing. Can I say ass? Is that okay? Oh, you can say whatever you want on that. <laughs> okay, great. I said it with such force and then I saw your face. Ass! Like, oh god, it's an ass-free podcast. It's, this is this is an ass-full podcast. Oh, incredible. Podcast um, is full of ass. I cannot wait to talk about more. Yeah, so he was just sort of like face down ass up on his bed and he said something along the lines of like, being micromanaged in my underwear at home is much better than being micromanaged at the office. And I just lost it laughing. And before getting on Zoom Seder, literally, was like, what if I recreated this? So I stripped down to my underwear and I recreated it. <laughs> I put it on Twitter as like a reply and I was like, gave it the old college try. Oh um, my God. I love that we you were like, I, I gotta wait until, sorry, did you say to your family, sorry, I can't come to Seder. I might be five minutes late. I'm, I'm, I'm taking off all my clothes and posting a thirst trap. I was like, I'm gonna be a little late. <laughs> um, and <laughs> that started it. And I commented and people replied in the comments. Um, and then from that point on, yeah, I just sort of, a lot of people were sending me already, like DMing me into gays. And then I sort of expanded to like famous gays and then famous some of straight men, just like the funniest poses that just, just the, make no sense. Like, <laughs> like when, like when uh, Anthony from Queer Eye did that Mother's Day post where it's a black and white thirst trap and his mother is nowhere in. Nowhere in. I've learned this thing. There's a thing called grief trapping that I read in oh. SF on where it's like, they're crying, but they're in like the most like evocative position with the six pack and they're like, my grandmother passed away. It's like the most horrible thing. I've gotten so deep into it. That's a scary place to be looking. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm truly fascinated. I, I wrote an essay about my experience from like Thirst Trap 1 to, you know, 100 plus, And I feel like I've, I've been through every iteration of like, feeling amazing and confident about my own body. And then and the next day, like going on like two runs and being like, I gotta look weird, but hot in these. <laughs> weird, <laughs> but <then> hot. <laughs> weird, but hot. Cause you gotta make sure it's still a joke, but I also, I wanna look hot. And then by like the yeah, second month, I was line. like, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Towing yeah. that line between, I wanna look weird, but I wanna be feeling myself, you know, knowing that I look, I mean, that's why I don't post, I'm, I may have, one or two out there, but I, I've never like felt confident about my body enough to actually put something on the internet, like fishing for like, like I just never been in that headspace. And oh, yeah. to, to be parodying them with the detail and the determination that you do is, is so fun. It's so thrilling. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have the confidence before this either both my parents and grandparents were like we never thought we'd see the day when you'd be posting like this much of your body online maybe please stop <laughs> <laughs> and you're like i can't it's making me famous <laughs> i must trap on yeah. i mean i you're also famous on tiktok right now is that happening <sighs> i wasn't gonna discuss it because i'm ashamed not oh. really 
Um, it's a horrible place, but I can't stop. Uh, it, it seems like I've n I've never been on it, and it just seems so like I would be overwhelmed immediately. <laughs> I there was a good two weeks. But first of all, everyone is maybe seventeen years old. Uh, everyone can move their body and hips like there's no tomorrow, uh, <laughs> and everyone is uh, on my feed timeline. Couldn't tell you what it's called. Is either gay or um, uh, a teen mom or like an old lady uh, and. Every all now at and the then, same like, time. A, yeah, all literally all at the same time. And they all can like do little like dances. Um, like an old lady is just doing backflips and from literally, the trapeze. <laughs> you joke, but that is what my TikTok is. Um, yeah, I joined it. Now I dance to Sarah Bareilles on TikTok. That's sort of all I do. <laughs> just Sarah Bar You know what? It's it's a niche. You got to find your, your TikTok niche. Because did you do TikTok before the quarantine or did you join out of boredom, desperation, what have you. I I wanted to join when everybody started doing the TikTok dances during quarantine, but yeah. I held back because I knew my addictive personality. I would, you know, need to figure out how to be, you know, just again, ass deep in TikTok. <laughs> um, I mean, didn't you get, can we talk about you getting banned for a day? Did that, that happened, right? I literally forgot, yes. So much has happened since then. You're like, I forgot I went I to war with the Chinese. <laughs> I lived a thousand lives. I lived a thousand TikTok lives. Yes, I tried to post my thirst trap. I thought, you know, another platform. I've yeah. been Instagramming them. I've been tweeting them. Why not do a slideshow on, on TikTok? And um, I forgot or didn't know, question mark, that if you post anything like evocative or like there's like basically James Charles's ass was in one of my photos because Twitter you can post that but TikTok you can't and they it, didn't even give me a warning they were just like you're banned until the 23rd. It was James so, Charles's ass that got you banned in China? <laughs> I, I did I yep it was James Charles's ass I tried to come for his army and they were like no you can't satirize us I, I think it was them that's my conspiracy theories. Well TikTok is owned by a corporation or in china right maybe i know it used to be musically it used to be uh -huh. called musically oh but, i remember musically with that uh, with that voice that'd be like na 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 that was gorgeous <laughs> na, na. the the most famous one i can remember is uh the mr krabs is one thick bit video oh yes yeah and the see the that crusty Oh my god. <laughs> no, sing it out. I want more. I want more. <laughs> I'm like waving a lighter. <laughs> but is isn't I heard like I I I'm way too bald to be on TikTok. Um I think that's banned as well. But I also like heard that there would be weird things where people would try to post about Black Lives Matter or try to post about things that are trans or things that are dis like disabled activism and that would be blocked for, for yeah. inexplicable reasons. There's this algorithm that I tried to research that no one can quite figure out. Like Lizzo is huge on TikTok, but every now and then they'll just block one of her videos where it she's is. dancing or working out. Uh, I posted uh, the thing from a Black Lives Matter march, but it you know didn't with people with no identifiable information in the crowd, and it stayed up. Other people take it down. Um, it's so weird. It, but, I, I I tittered I tittered a little bit imagining just like the worker whose job it is to see how much ass <laughs> of Lizzo's he'll allow on TikTok. Like she did speak out about that. She was <laughs> like, "I've seen way more ass and way more shit than you let me post in like 
on Lizzo. Um, but she has a really good presence. But yeah, trans TikTok is interesting too, for sure. Uh, is everyone on trans TikTok still 16 and acrobatic? <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and there's always like six flags in the background. They're like doing a back bend and they're like telling the story of coming out to their parents and then their parents like enter the frame and they all hug. Like, oh my god. I know. There's some heartwarming ones. We we got to the top of the we got to the top of Joker's Jinx and I said, Mom, Dad, call me they. And then we all vomited <laughs> on each other. It was beautiful. Literally, I again I, I know you're kidding and I think this is what it is. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's people incredible. on a roller coaster like just like doing fucking back bends and saying, and saying, this is the only way I can explain my gender to you through this Six Flags TikTok. Yes. Yes. Love it. Truly. Oh, wow. Oh, wait, we're, we're here to. <laughs> Almost forgot about movies for a second. I'm, yeah, I'm no, fascinated I mean, by TikTok. Little movies, little movies for sure. That's uh, the thing is everyone's a director now. They really know how to edit them really well too. Like that was what I was most overwhelmed with when I first got on is like all of a sudden there could be six of the same person and I'm like, how do they do that? Or like, just, there's all these tricks. I don't they, know. Do they supply you with all the editing software and all of the filters and things that you need? Yeah, there's like an overwhelming amount though. So I sort of was just like, I'm going to do Sending. the old fashioned way and <laughs> just dance it out. But yeah. Uh, the, the top Sarah Borella's uh, rhythmic dancer on TikTok. Oh, you absolutely. Have, you wear I'm, so many I am, hats. I am the first lesbian to do five consecutive TikToks dancing to Sarah Borella. It's like, for sure I have that title. For Wonder. sure. With like three views on each one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing is I'd be like, mm, no one's watching my TikToks. I mean, it, I, I, I struggle enough being on three platforms. Oh, now. for sure. It's, oh, sure. it's insanely, it's insanely hard to just figure out because you're you're never you're never like doing enough there's always someone who's posting way more stuff than you so it never feels in tiktok there's a mansion where like i sound like john Mulaney. in tiktok there's in TikTok, a mansion. the tiktok mansion and 10 kids live there and they create like 10 a day so that comes out to just so many like literally they're like workhorses in this mansion workhorses in this mansion i'm sure they're living a grand life but it's um they're it's forced terrifying. in this mansion to, to, to live in the squalor of this giant mansion and make videos. It's insane. Yeah, no, I wake up, I see my three views, and I'm like, you know what? You know, I do it for me. <laughs> I do it. I dance for myself. It's true. Uh, I mean, you, were you doing a lot of show, were you doing a lot of stand-up before quarantine, or? Yeah, it's so strange to be, I was out every night doing, like, stand-up or sketch or writing right. weird plays and watching people do them, and, uh in a lot of damp basements and now I am in my room so yeah I mean it, it's what have you done any of the zoom shows or gone to any of those I've done I've done two Instagram live shows where I okay. played a character I yeah. prefer that because you're not like uh, has anyone you're... heard about eggs and then there's like radio silence on right you got to be able to read the room it's so impossible <laughs> It's, I mean, yeah, it's a stand-up in a lot of ways. It's like, it's still a conversation, even if you're getting a non-verbal response. So just like to right. a screen or to like one poor host that's like, ha ha ha, on the other side. It's, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, four crazy. people. And now there are four people who are maybe laughing at, but the, the laughing is, I mean, it's just, I, 
I was like, maybe I can record something on Zoom and send to people. And then I tried it once and I'm like, I'm not sending this to anybody. <laughs> I know. The number of retakes I do of my TikTok dances that are supposed to be like spontaneous weird. I'm like, oh, that one I can't send to anyone because like, I don't know, my tongue is out a weird way. I don't know. Watching oh, yeah, it's back. so hard. Yeah, watching yourself back, listening to yourself back is is... Nobody, nobody realizes how much of that has to go into the kind of work you do as, as, a, as a comic and they only ever see the end product. And that's social media too. Like, even though everything looks like it, it's such a fickle thing to, for what goes viral and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it all looks so spontaneous, but everything is so manicured. If oh, you, yeah. yeah, it's so wild. <laughs> The thirst traps, thankfully, are, like, crafted, and I think people know so they're, they're <laughs> I, like, balance things. I, like, try to do a headstand on a Photoshop chair. and... Yeah. Yeah. Did you... I, you're so good at the Photoshop, too. You're, like, it's six people in one photo sometimes. Yeah. At first, I was like, I don't want to Photoshop because I don't want people to think that I'm Photoshopping myself into the poses, but then when I started doing, like, couples photos where they're making out with each other or, like, doing handstands on top of each other... I was like, we're, we're going to need to Photoshop a little bit. Um, but I try to keep it to a minimum. You know, I want realistic standards because these boys are not bringing real Yeah, you're bringing a healthy dose of reality and saying, you know what? This is the work that it takes. <laughs> uh, this is what it is. Um, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, boy. Um, I mentioned an alien earlier. Oh, do you want to tell me anything that turned you gay this week? Oh, um, the, the, they're, they're, the TikTok lesbians, definitely. Uh, okay, they have, it. like, bajillions of followers from just literally, uh, you're not going to be able to see it. I'm on Zoom right now, like, going like this, like, grabbing my chin in, like, a provocative way. <laughs> I don't gotcha. know how to explain that. Yeah, it's, I don't understand the science behind that, but they're cool. They turned me gay. And then also, I just watched um, Betty. I just finished watching Betty on HBO. Right, right, right. How uh, was that? I loved it. I loved it. It's, um, it's interesting. I want to compare it to the movie we're going to talk about. Oh, really? A little bit in that, like, I loved it because they shoot it sort of, it's very visual and they shoot it like a documentary, but it's also all these like, uh, girls skateboarding and like half of them are gay, which is great. Um, but it really does like take its time and it's very visual and I love that. But I feel like with the movie we're going to discuss, I actually hated that. So I'm like, what do I even like? You know, what, what is my, it's... It makes no sense. It, none, yeah. Nothing makes sense. I used to also ask my guests what made them anxious because my, the acronym, the gag stands, stood for, I make up a new one sometimes, but it normally stands for gay anxious gremlin, which is uh -huh. how I used to describe myself. <laughs> and, um, and so I would ask people what turned them gay and then what turned them anxious, but I've stopped because... What's the point of asking <laughs> where people's anxieties are coming from these days? It's like fucking throw a dart. You'll hit yeah, exactly. you'll hit one of my anxieties. Oh, fully. Totally. Uh, yeah. Between the nonsense of a certain magical fiction writer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the, the last 48 hours. I mean, this week, honestly. I mean, I've I've been able to try to craft some like funny tweets about it but still keep it, like, you know, politically good and, like, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to process any of it, but yes. it, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's so, like, we've kind of known that she was a turfy, 
turf turf for like we're talking about jk rowling why, why fucking why we fucking not say, say it we can say her name she's not you Voldemort. Must not be named to use her own phrase um yeah we knew but now really i was literally at a protest i looked down at my phone i checked twitter uh and, and you're like i can't do this right now i gotta <laughs> finish was, protesting yeah i was like i'll come up with a funny tweet about this later fuck her then trump comes along and is like no health care <laughs> uh, not for you i'm gonna distract from the black lives matter movement by doing all these crazy things yeah uh, it's such a strategy to sow division between by by on two fronts going after two marginalized groups there is intersection between those groups but like yeah. it's such a nefarious strategy to try to divide people and like, happy pride <laughs> happy, happy pride, pride. I, as soon as he said I'm doing Tulsa on Juneteenth, I'm like, uh-huh. he's gonna, he, 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 no one would let him be that stupid on his own. Like, he's gonna move the date to make mm-hmm. himself seem woke. And that's literally what he did this morning. Yeah, yeah, it's all calculated. That, and then he did the, the trans uh, healthcare ban on the Pulse anniversary, like, commemoration. It's horrible. <laughs> I, can't, I had I to lol because it was just pure fucking evil. It was insane. <laughs> I couldn't even come up with like a, a witty tweet. I just think I tweeted like piss hell fuck piss, sake. Poo-poo shit. <laughs> poo-poo okay, I did reply to JK Rowling. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I really did finish her once and for all. I just replied to her tweet. I came back from the protest and I was like, how can I reply to this tweet in a way that really is going to get to her because she'll absolutely see me of all people in the reply. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so I crafted poo-poo pee-pee shut up. <laughs> and I said, mm. and I think it really got to her. I mean, you haven't really. Heard, I was gonna say you haven't heard from her since, but she did write that whole blog. Oh yeah, well I didn't. I didn't read. I didn't that. read it. I didn't. I know. I'm. I mean, I know. It seems like privilege to have not read it because I know trans people who were going through it, and on. And I'm just like, but why? Like, what's the point of? Yeah. Of listening to somebody who, or or, or even reading the words of somebody who denies your basic rights and absolutely i like i literally looked at twitter saw that it was trending or whatever the fuck again saw a blog saw a link and was like not today (laughs) i mean everyone who has read it was like don't bother yeah (laughs) don't fucking bother i was like good to know good to know thank you like uh jay malski for (laughs) thank you for your sacrifice i for people's recaps for people's like you know 140 to 200 word recaps that are you know funnier and from a good perspective i'll read i them. mean poo poo pp shut up is <laughs> at its core kind of twitter yeah end of sentence like that is twitter to be honest it's such maybe. a maybe add like one political thing in there like well uh, yeah poo poo like, pp shut up all lives matter <laughs> and that's twitter yeah, that is twitter that that <sighs> is, i'm getting that tattooed just kidding <laughs> oh not. god absolutely not Poo poo pee pee part maybe. Poo poo pee pee shut up maybe. I I might yeah that might be fun. I'll be um, so thrilled. My Jewish mother will be so thrilled that I get that tattoo. Um, I always wanted to. I never wanted to get a tattoo because I thought there was nothing that I uh, truly no words or no designs that I truly felt strongly enough belonged on my body forever. Right. Um. I used to want to say um, multitudes or I contain multitudes, which is Whitman. But now I think I'll say like. I am vast. I contain multitudes. Now, fuck me in the ass, Walt Whitman. <laughs> yeah, that's good. See that? Cause, yeah, because he probably said that at some point. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I 
you know, probably every every morning or every morning. Yeah, yeah Walt Whitman well, knew what was up. Yeah. Oh, Walt. That's that so tickly cool. beard. You know, maybe he. Oh. Maybe he was a top sometimes. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. He was he was a thoughtful top, which you know is rare, but we. Yeah, like the queer dude version of of a very well manicured lesbian hand. Oh yes, yeah. That's Walt. Ugh. Although although uh, not to erase. Uh, lesbians with fingernails. I saw a woman give a tutorial on like filling a, a, a washing glove, like a kitchen glove with cotton balls in each finger so that she could put her hand in the uh -huh. glove and then finger away without worrying about like ruining your nails. Ruining her nails. And I'm yeah, like, <laughs> brand new world, honestly. I women hope in STEM, uh, innovation, yeah. Truly, a scientist. <laughs> A scientist. Yeah, I've seen those, those, uh, I mean, uh, my nails are never long, but. <laughs> I, chew, I, I chew mine right off. I chew my nails so true. often that I forget about my toenails and they turn into like hawk talons. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> While my fingernails never get longer and I'm a like, what's going on? That's a metaphor for something. Truly, <laughs> truly. I'm like clicking on the floor like the oh raptors God. in Jurassic Park, just like click, oh my click, God. click, click, click. Like, why are my feet bleeding after every walk? Oh my god. You should audition. You should audition. You'll get the part. Oh my goodness. The next Jurassic Park. Uh, I would love to be in the next Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is one of my favorite uh, movies of all time. Like, horror movie, action movie. Um, just period. Um, the whole franchise or specifically the first? Specifically the first one because of how just how brilliant it was like how it would get into these these really beautiful action sequences but then pepper in you know a gold bloom monologue about philosophical probability that for some reason also hits the right way it's just a perfect <laughs> it's a beautiful fondue of filmmaking to me i i loved it i recently i didn't see the film but i watched the woman die in i think the most recent jurassic park where oh she's yeah like, she's like thrown from different like machines to a dinosaur and like thrown up in the air and then like under the sea and shot back up again and then finally dies and i was like i hope that gave whoever wrote that whatever they needed because that was that great. was the definition of overdone <laughs> it was so crazy oh man but another one of my favorite films is actually the one you suggested i realized how much i actually love this movie every time i watch it i it never feels, um, it never feels passe. It never feels stale to me. And it was probably the tenth time I had seen it. I'm of course talking about Alien. Alien. Directed by Ridley Scott in 1979, written by Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusett. Um, Why did you choose Alien, or how did you come up with Alien as the film you wanted to do? Yeah. Um... It's funny you say relevant, or like, just before I forget, I was reading this article from last year that was like, Alien is something like lethally relevant, or like still lethally topical, or something. It'll kill you. I was like, wow. So News far. at 11. <laughs> um, but I agree. I mean, it definitely, it definitely held up. Um, I chose it uh, because I was trying to think about something that wasn't straight up horror. Mm -hmm. Are you um, not really into straight up horror? I, even watching this, I was like, I forgot how much I hate jump scares. And there's some good ones. There, there are, yeah. um, especially because it just, it's so, this movie is so comfortable with silence that it really like sets you up for some, uh, yeah, for some good jump scares. But, um, so I didn't want straight up like 
horror. Um, and then I remembered I watched this movie for the first time my freshman year of college for a class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I may have even written an essay or something on it. It was a really cool action movie class. Anyway, I was like, I should revisit it. Um, I'd watched it a couple times since then, but definitely not in the last like two years. So you um, said an action movie class. Yeah, we we like our final project is we recreated scenes from Kill Bill. Like oh, every group my. recreated a scene mm-hmm. from Kill Bill. Kill Bill is another one that I've watched so many, so many times. Um, and I, the only reason I I would didn't say immediately yes, Kill Bill is because I'm focused on horror. But like for some yeah. reason, horror sci-fi and then martial arts movies like everything from the Chinese wuxia films of the 60s to whatever Donnie Yen is doing like right now I love it and um and this movie Alien is is action it's suspense it's sci-fi and it's horror like my mother maintains oh my finger cracked my mother maintains that this is the scariest movie she has ever seen my roommate was saying the same thing she's like I can't watch it again it's so People in, I was reading a, a couple of reviews, both from like 1979-ish and recently, and they were like, yeah, it's, you know, uh, post-Star Wars, like, I think they said like this post-Vietnam world where people were ready for some more like grit and less like shiny sci-fi. Yeah. So like, you get that space world with like beautiful sweeping shots, but then you also get like a little bit of Halloween thrown in, right? Yeah, it's um, like not like star it's good that you mentioned star wars because in 1977 and then this film a couple years later we started to see less of the futuristic like sleekness of space and we realized and and we start to see more of like what working class space would look like what yeah what you know blue collar and and uh agriculture like a moisture farmer in, in in star wars you go out into the vastness of space in the universe and then focus on you know the cogs in the machine and it becomes this whole space opera by focusing on the unlikely heroes and i think after all the the 50s the whole we're going to the moon and it's going to be grand um we started to come around to this idea that the next step is as soon as capitalism and colonization can get its hands on space this is the next step the the monetization and the uh taking advantage of working class because that's always the second step totally i mean right from the jump like i I think it takes you know five minutes till we see human beings and then six or seven until they're speaking and when they are speaking they immediately talk about like food rations bonuses like it's all about like mundane yeah yeah it's uh it's very much like they're talking about work they have like little quips to each other but they're they're pretty much all business and the two the two maintenance guys are like um why are we getting paid less than you what the fuck literally they immediately bring it up i'm like yes you've been asleep for 10 months you've been thinking about it i know yeah yeah those pods honestly i saw them and i was like that looks comfortable i want to go in one Uh, i'd be worried about how much it smelled because i'm a night sweater like i would probably have drowned Oh wow! I yeah, I didn't it'd be like it. opening my pod and it's just water coming out. I flop <laughs> out like a fish. Oh my god! There is this is a very heavy sweat movie, and especially because they the way they light it, it is so dark. But then when people are like sweaty, humid, clammy, it really like sh- they like shine. There are there are long shots that that linger on like a bead of sweat dripping down people's foreheads, um, which is used to great advantage later when when something else is dripping down somebody yeah. else's forehead 
I don't want to spoil it because it's such a great um, reveal. The... I was gonna say, are we not spoil? Are we not spoiling this movie on the? Mm. Is this podcast a no spoiler podcast? It's not a no spoiler podcast, but there's a twist about one of the crew members. They they aren't who they appear to be, and that twist to me has always disturbed me more than every sighting of the alien because it's such a betrayal. It's such a, it never fails to disturb me when um, the crew begins to turn against each other like that and. It's a crazy reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Still surprises uh, me sometimes. Another thing, uh, yeah, and also in that scene, the, the space that they're in, when the person turns against them, it's like the first time we kind of see any humanity, I think there's like pinup girls on the wall behind where the main character is like getting attacked and they use like a very human like magazine to like, is that the same? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. It's just, it's it's weird with all the technology around that this person uses a very, like, uh, not vintage, but, like, analog item. Yeah, I mean, clubs and sticks. Didn't somebody say, I don't know what the Third World War will be fought with, but the fourth one will be with sticks and clubs. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. Because we'll have annihilated ourselves. <laughs> Insane. Um, and then also, I, I saw your tweet about it. They mentioned quarantine so many times <laughs> movie and I actually kind of got excited I was like oh my god I feel seen like <laughs> yes. they talked about their like quarantine procedures if we break quarantine we could all die and then the and you're like now more than ever now more than ever I unprecedented times I feel seen yeah it's crazy um the it the silence you mentioned is palpable I think there's not even that much music in the opening sequence you're in the vastness of space and then you slowly pan through this large industrial ship that's carrying minerals or something like it's 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 basically a space freighter and yeah and you don't see anybody it makes it a very isolate it makes the viewer feel isolated and claustrophobic which they then poke you with continually throughout the movie even after they introduce you know your your spare seven member cast a great a great team of seven honestly. Yeah, I, I thought, I, I really loved all the characters. I think they're so fun, and again, like, you really throughout the movie don't get that, that much dialogue, so it's still very impressive that you can get a sense of each of their personalities from, like, movement and the little glances they give each other. Mm -hmm. Something I was noticing, though, at the beginning is, like, as it pans through the ship, there are still tiny, tiny signs of, like, human life, or, like, that this isn't abandoned, like, yeah, like the little, helmet. Like, there's, like, a helmet, there's, like, these little, like, things are like ticking and moving just just a little bit um hmm. and yeah I was just so intrigued by the choice to like spend that much time exploring the ship yeah you're like are we gonna see a, a human being anytime soon I really um, was like I don't remember this being this long and also where um, was the cat <laughs> I know I was gonna talk about I was like cat representation this film this cat I wow it's it plays such a huge role and I'm sure it symbolizes 90 different things <laughs> it symbolizes how many times can we milk this cat for a jump scare <laughs> oh i mean it got me though like i Every even time. remembered it happening and i still was like dang oh yeah but was the cat in in stasis too like we don't see the cat's little cryo chamber <laughs> oh my god i know <laughs> is it a little a little litter box but it's a cryogenic litter box I would love that. Yeah, I think we just see it like on a table or something. And then at the end, she takes it into the... Yeah, she takes it to bed right? with her and is yeah, like, yeah. 
we're 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 gonna we're we're the only ones left. We're going on this journey together. Oh, Oops, spoiler. <laughs> I know that is a huge spoiler, but I feel like everyone knows. I mean, every At article this point, I read. Yeah, everyone knows like, Ripley is the sole survivor. Yeah, and people are like, this is like still one of the best female action like heroes or like leading, you know, leading players in history. Like people really love this movie for um, for Ripley. For Ripley, which is interesting because she's she's pretty controlled and quiet for the most part. Mm-hmm. She lashes out a couple times. It's like you do your job and let me do mine. And you yeah, know. The... but then she reins it back. At, she never completely loses her shit, but she still isn't like this stoic, like robotic character. Like you see, right? Her she shows cry. emotion. You see, her, there's a really weird part where she like has that like tiny tiny meltdown, almost cries. He's looking at her, and then she runs away when she's trying to talk, I think, to Mother, which also we should oh. <laughs> I mean, the mother of it all is... Mother. Um, yeah, I mean, Mother and the idea that these workers are expendable. The idea right. that they are not as important as money, as advancement, as... I don't know. The idea that people that get shot out into space are expendable has all... I'm watching Space Force right now with my husband and we're like we're like this is fun and funny but it's like we are sending people into fucking outer space where the slightest malfunction can kill you can incinerate you we've seen it happen multiple times and not only that but every like rivet costs as much as a an entire middle school and I love that line in Space Force. Right? <laughs> like like horror every horror. rivet is fucking a million dollars. Oh my god. It's yeah. so expensive. And yet these films um, show us like corporations have that money. They will monetize space if they can. And they've already started fucking Elon Musk. Oh my, I can't, I can't even get started on Elon Musk. The oh, idea man. that a person named Elon and another person named Grimes will have, can have a baby and still somehow give it a weirder name. I wanted them to name it Leanne Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> I literally tweeted at them, why did they see it? It would have been way cooler than, oh, whatever they named it. Leanne Grimes. <laughs> Kyle, I don't know. They, they, it's, Everyone was like, it means Kyle. I'm like, what cipher are you reading? <laughs> I always just joke. I'm like, that is a basically, that is a binary ass kid. That is literal <laughs> binary. Like, <laughs> We're naming our child 01001. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Speaking of names, um, when the script was written, only the last names were used and they knew that they only wanted seven people. And that's why they specifically wanted people who were older and more seasoned as actors so that they could do the, the small talk and camaraderie you mentioned earlier. And also so that, that uh, race and gender was not really a factor in casting. They could cast whoever they want. So they did see men for the role of Ripley, but it ended up going to Sigourney Weaver, who was 29 at the time. And we should talk about how she's uh, credited second in the movie. <laughs> I, I did notice that. I was like, in what fucking world? The movie's literally about how she is the final one and like the one. Uh, maybe it's yeah. to maybe it's to like trick you like like Dallas, Tom Skerritt, the actor who plays Dallas is credited first and he's the authority. That Only, probably is that probably is why they did it. Yeah, to to surprise you, like, you know. She is You a, thought this was the hero. Surprise, it's the chick. 
she is a queer icon in this movie. I literally forgot. I was taking screenshots and I was like, she looks, the jawline, the outfits, the hair, the like, the like pensive staring. There's a moment where she has like her foot up on the desk and she has her hand on her head and it's like converse randomly and she's looking so pensive. And I'm like, this is representation. <laughs> I feel, I mean, I am nowhere near six feet tall, but. <laughs> she, she's very tall. Oh God, it was so hot to me. I. Yeah. <laughs> you you were you actually surprised that Sigourney Weaver is not gay? Did you do some or was like, that a bit? <laughs> uh, it was a bit. I knew oh, okay. she wasn't gay, but like I also like I knew she wasn't gay because I think I Googled it literally my freshman year of college when I first watched this movie. Oh, and like okay. also I would have known if she was like we'd be talking about it more, you know. You know, yeah. We would like, be we would be saying lesbian icon Sigourney Weaver exactly, before we not, ever like, started talking about yeah. But then I was like, what if it's one of those things where, like, she was dating men or married to men, and then in Wikipedia, there's, like, a woman's name. It's like, whoa, no one noticed. I oh, yeah, Maria that. Bello is married <laughs> to a woman now. Don't worry about it. I literally looked it up on Wikipedia today and was like, what if it says something about her in her personal life section? And, um, no. Sigourney Weaver met her, her current <laughs> wife. <laughs> You're I, like, what? I know. I was actually waiting for that. I was trying to manifest it, I guess. Um. But in this, I mean, the energy is just, I, I do appreciate that they don't, actually, you know what, I'm torn on this. I appreciate that they don't dress the women in anything like, we're space chicks. Again, it's like very working class, they're in like sort of jumpsuits. They don't like sexualize the women, but also here's then, your Here's your space skirt and your space issue uh, uh, fishnets. Exactly, your space heels. Your, <laughs> your, your space Manolo Blahniks. They cost a million dollars each, don't ruin them. You need to make those. That you're gonna be rich. Melodic uh, no astronaut shoes. We convinced the space force that all the astronauts need it for confidence. They in need space. high heels. Like they'll be fixing that solar panel and looking good while they do it. It's scientifically proven that if you feel good, you will do better work in space. I mm -hmm, mean, mm -hmm. um, and then a, and then a stiletto heel punches a hole through. <laughs> A spaceship sucks them all out, and it's like Manolo Blahnik and NASA are, are in court for 10 years oh my God. trying to blame each other. They your do. tiles were insufficient. No, your heels were insufficient. Why were we wearing heels? I'd watch that movie. I'd watch that movie. They do like, okay, in this movie, <laughs> I actually did laugh at the part where they shot his, like, okay, sorry, another ish spoiler but they shot his dead body out of, yeah. into space they're constantly this movie is obsessed with being like and then we're gonna blow that motherfucker in space and then we're gonna shoot it out into space and then, I'm and then gonna we're gonna eat dinner and then we're gonna <laughs> blow the space out but when the guy died and then and they're like say your goodbyes and blah 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 and it's all solemn and they put him in like a space coffin and then they press a button and he's like Zoop, Zoop. and he like violently Gone. shoots out into space in a way that is like slapstick comedy to me and maybe that says something but like I laughed so hard. There are funny moments in the film. I think that um Lambert and Parker have some of the juiciest lines. I mean Lambert a lot of people say that she just runs around losing her um, she's she's has the most emotional reaction to everything that's going on. For sure yeah. Um but if I were in that situation, I would be Lamberting all over the goddamn place. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be as collected as Ripley at all. Absolutely. I like, yeah, I found myself getting annoyed. I was like, pull it together, bitch. Pull it like, together, Lambert. Space, like, yeah. Um, but also like, of course I'd be losing my, if I like stub my toe, I cry. <laughs> like, I'm a, like, I want to be like this cool, like, 
uh, you know, strong boy person, but I would be, uh, especially the jump scares, if things are, like, creeping up on you, holy shit, I would not be calm, like, how is Ripley, like, like, what is she on that she's just, like, so, like, calm and, and chill and They just pump vaporized Ativan through the <laughs> spaceship. Just, like, in a zen, zen space. Oh, there's just God. constant, like, there's just constant cannabis smoke in the coolant. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, you know what we need to do? We need to chill out. They are always talking about the air and the temperature of the air and the way the air is and the air ducts and, you know. They must have been cramped up and alone together for so long. I mean, how do they not, I mean, they do get on each other's nerves. I mean, you have yeah. to after a certain point. We now know that, having been <laughs> trapped with everyone we live with for two months even oh, people we love were like i need to leave away from you now every little noise you make how dare you breathe cough sniff and listen to a podcast in a public in our in our common area out loud right. yeah oh my god and if you're not farting in front of everyone you live with at this point you see okay so my i mean they can probably hear this right now awesome but uh Two of us were here for the whole quarantine until now, and one just came back yesterday. And the difference in, like, the two of us are like, we've lived a thousand lives, and you weren't here, so now it's like, do we fill you in? There's there's no way to get him on our level, you know? There's (laughs) no way. You won't know. You you don't know what it's like. You don't, you haven't lived that experience. Like, (laughs) three months of it. Yeah. Um, So it's it's weird. It's like a whole different wavelength, Um, but... But yeah, I can't imagine being in that in that spaceship. I I, can't, I was despite the sweeping views, uh, it seemed both like like how big was it? I guess the spaceship. Yeah, it seemed very large for them, but also they seemed like they would stay in like I guess common. Yeah, they would always like be in the same room. Well, I think it, it carries. It says like twenty thousand tons of of ore or something in the beginning, so it has to be pretty big. But what I also noticed were all these levels, like, they they constantly would be, like, going up ladders and down. So, like, a lot of it feels like it's urban in that it's a skyscraper. It goes up instead of out. Mm-hmm. It's about how to, like, com- make everything as compact as possible, but give everyone, like, a lot of room. I don't know. Yeah, I was sort of, like, when <laughs> this, this is the me, like, that I had to once write an essay about this one. When the two of them went down into the basement and were like fixing things, I'm like, what does this represent? Like they're they're in like the like sewer of the ship or something. Yeah, is this steerage? Is this Jack and Rose? Yeah. <laughs> is this where they do the things? Exactly. Yeah. And um, then the upper ones were like white and medical. Like the medical bays were very clean. Right. And they were like, hold it, hold it, scalpel. I need the, the, those scenes are so funny when they're like poking at this uh, at, at, at the face hugger. Yes. I love that name. <laughs> um, we should get into the design of the, the aliens because yeah. because it's just so much genitalia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The first one, or maybe not the, when, yeah, whenever they're poking at it and they're like lifting flaps, I'm like, lifting oh flaps my and, God. So I read that um, the Swiss artist H.R. Geiger would, would make these like biomechanical like half machine half um bio uh, half living being um artwork and was brought on to design the aliens um as well as the eggs and the face huggers but for the egg originally he gave it two flaps and like 
basically labia and it, wow. and it was so so vaginal that they were like we can't, we can't do this you you got you got to make it less of a pussy and so <laughs> and so he put oh and they specifically said we can't sell this uh in catholic countries if it wow. looks if it looks that vulva like and so he so hr geiger put uh uh four flaps instead of two so that it opened in four corners and he was yeah. like and he said, maybe it'll make a cross. And oh that's, God. and the Catholics love looking at that cross. So maybe they can see that and just shut up or something. Like, like this, this artist I'm is. I'm obsessed with him. A cross is actually just two uh, vaginas. Two uh, vaginas. I'm going to, wait, my lights fully are off. I'm going to turn on my lights. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I realized. During our conversation. You were being shrouded in more and more darkness, and I'm like, I hope everything's okay. <laughs> yeah, everything's shutting down. I'm like, this is my last dispatch from quarantine. Oh my um, God. The Nostromo. <laughs> I know. Wait, okay. I need more of your thoughts on the calling the ship mother, asking mother questions, but then like mother doesn't protect her children, question mark, because they are expendable. Like, what's happening there? I don't know. I feel like it makes it makes them trust her i feel like i feel like it's a ploy because a lot of what companies have to do is make themselves look good and they do pr they do so if this is if this is capitalism in the future which essentially it, it is what it is yeah they probably came up with how they were going to keep the cogs you know oblivious and keep the gears turning and developing trust with their with their workers they can take advantage of them more easily you know like if uh for instance um a trillionaire started releasing commercials where uh delivery people and uh warehouse employees are just like i love working for insert company name here i love it because they take such good care of me and that's how people are like, oh, they care. Yeah, sign me up. Sign me. I want, we're all going to be working in one of those warehouses. Oh, for sure. <laughs> if if for it sure. comes out that they started this to get us all to, to, to make them the only company in the world other than Disney, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know, I like, which is worse, when I work there or when I work at Disney? I don't know which <sighs> would be. Mm, I guess I try to like be a can I just like clean up after the Mandalorian is finished shooting? Like I'll sweep up. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Pedro Pascal's like, dirt. I don't want to be like hugged by people. Like I don't want to be touched in like a Disney costume, but I'll, I'll clean up. Sure. Yeah, I'll sure. just. When the time comes. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll drive the Zamboni for Disney on Ice. Oh my I'll do God. that. <laughs> I actually legit want that job like right now. <laughs> Future Zamboni driver for Disney on Ice. I'm like doing a thirst trap on the, on the Zamboni. Like... <laughs> I'm the intermission like entertainment. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yes, and they're fun. They like and they're like projecting like images of Adam Rippon <laughs> shirtless yeah. onto. Okay, you did I an Adam Rippon, right? I did Adam Rippon, and he didn't reply, and I was so pissed because oh. I was like, I know you're seeing this. I did him and his boyfriend actually. Oh, um, yeah. Who's his boyfriend. His boyfriend is. I think he lives in Sweden. And his name is JP. And to be honest, oh, I have seen him. Yes, he didn't have a ton of thirst trap, or he had no, he had he had a lot. But I chose one where he was lying down in it. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, it wasn't my best. It wasn't my best. I I rushed it. Okay, <laughs> I rushed it. 
you're like, I have a deadline for my next thirst trap. Uh, I know. I, it's all, it's like, it's real. It's real for the influencers. They're like, I got to get this thirst trap out there. Truly. they By 3 p.m. They make so much money doing that. <laughs> I just, it wows me. It just continuously wows me that that is now the goal. That's like the career goal for most people. Yeah. Yeah. Is to be able to do that. Yeah, really. I mean, hey, if, if someone wants to pay me for the work that I'm doing in the thirst traps. Absolutely. Please. Like this, yeah. you know, a binder, <laughs> like, a company that makes a binder like comes to you and is like, will you uh, advertise I, on your binder I for literally, us? literally, literally DM the company. I was like, look, I'm wearing your binder in this thirst trap. And they were like, yeah, we see it. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, keep buying. Keep doing you. Like, they were like, this is weird. They were like, who is that? Is so funny that you reached out to the company. I love I'm it. Also, like Tomboy X, I'm in all of your underwear and all of these on all of these thirst traps. Um, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Give me the spawn con. I mean, <laughs> people are getting a hundred dollars a post. It's wild, and nobody and every and every month an article comes out where it's like, you know it's a really difficult job being an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> all people are always watching you. Everything has to be a job. And I'm like, well, I'm a performer. Everything for me has to be a job too. Like <laughs> I don't get to have hobbies anymore. I don't just get to have ideas. Everything has to turn into a job. Yeah. Yeah. I can't or just a bit watch or something. Alien. I can't just watch Alien without right. thinking about story structure, the visuals, the sound. Like, and podcast content. <laughs> yeah. I like, got to take notes. But, yeah. I, I did love seeing Ripley and Lambert because that to me sounds like a non-binary couple that like you go to their house <laughs> once a month for like tantric yoga sex or something. <laughs> it's like Ripley and Lambert are, are having a oh sober for hummus and for a hummus orgy. <laughs> yeah, Ripley definitely is like, I know like half of Brooklyn is named Ripley, you know, or like has to- Half of Brooklyn's Ripley. cats are named Ripley, I will tell oh. you. And children, and children, cats and children. Absolutely. Ripley oh, and, and Lambert are like the children I saw at the park today were definitely named Ripley and Lambert, and they have like their bespoke tivas and their long dresses, and they're like running. They're just running, and they're not stopping. And the mom's like Ripley Lambert. Ripley Lambert, uh, Brayden, Aiden, Jaden, Caden. That's one person. Brayden, Caden, Jaden, Aiden. Oh my God, my kids' names. Uh, Brayden, Caden. There's always just like a Sam. It's just always a Sam. Junior. Junior. Same junior. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting you said earlier that Ripley is just reads as queer. Um yeah. because Ripley does. And I think some of that has to do with just the the way her hair just kept getting shorter and shorter until in Alien 3, she's literally shaved head bald. Yeah. Completely yeah. bald. The whole movie. And I don't remember if um that was Ripley's idea, or if that was Sigourney's idea, I, yeah. I don't remember whose idea it was to make Ripley bald, but she was bald and in a space prison, and that's where Alien 3 takes place. It's, right. Yeah, and people would shit on Alien 3, but I listened to this other podcast where a woman came on and talked about how when she lost her hair to cancer, she that movie came out, and I'm like, you know what? Everything is for somebody. Representation, Representation matters. Yeah. Do you hear that? Yeah. But it's yeah. just like uh, uh, Olivia Benson's changing haircuts. You know, Ripley, <laughs> every movie has a different... Do you know people who can tell what season of SVU they're on by Mariska Hargitay's haircut? I oh, know I, people like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is literally one of the longest running TV shows in American history. And people are still like, I know every episode. I know all the haircuts. I know all of the... Yeah, describe um, describe Marishka's hair to me. I'll tell you what season it was or what year it was released. I can't. I mean, again, I think it's it's something like I'm fascinated by SVU being... And maybe this actually relates to sci-fi and horror, but like people after a long day will turn on SVU and it's like, so after a long day, you're coming home to, to watch like, that. atrocity, like horrible things happen to mostly women. Like mm. it's America's like weird fucked up comfort food. And it's also mostly women who watch it. So it's like, I'm so fascinated by that or like why I'm just, I, even with you, like, what do you think? I mean, maybe this is a hard question, but like horror movies and. And queer people thrillers, don't always mesh in, in a way that, I mean, horrors, horrors relationship with, uh, queer and trans representation is as problematic as any oh, other yeah, genre yeah. Of, of Hollywood film. Um, but it's campy though, it, but it does like have the same like workings of like camp. A lot camp of and, and yeah, the horror movies that I lean into are the campier ones, and and that might be related to to my queerness. But it's also, I think, I think just like the control of it, of knowing that if you go into watching a scary movie, you can leave you can control how much of it you actually see and part of that relates back to when I was a kid and these movies terrified me so so maybe psychologically I overcorrected um but then I started getting so fascinated with queer representation in these films and started realizing that as far as genres go there are way more queer and and non-cis codes code switching things going on in horror more than almost any other genre that I've experienced. Totally. And yeah. queer people love horror movies. They love that thrill. Maybe it's, you know, our, our, our uh, collective trauma. It's like, we can go into a dark theater and watch, you know, uh, a formulaic horror movie and then go out into the world where people still treat us like shit sometimes for no goddamn reason. Totally. I love that for you, though. Like, reclama reclamation from when you were, like, terrified as a kid. I yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, it took me forever to watch The Sixth Sense, so that, that one fucked me up so bad as a, as a kid that even as an adult, I was like, I don't want to be reminded of how much, uh, how scared I was <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, that's weirdly me, okay, this is revealing, this, that's weirdly me with the Barracuda scenes in Finding Nemo. <laughs> as a kid, it traumatized me so bad that like, even now, if I, I haven't rewatched Finding Nemo in a long time, but I feel like there's, like, I just remember being so rocked by that barracuda eating all the fish eggs and only Nemo surviving that I, like, I don't think I could watch it even now. Like, I think it would make me so scared and sad. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so depressing. I mean, Disney, no one can, no one can uh, destroy you like uh, Disney and Pixar with yeah. their open, with their openings. They're always, they're always killing you with their openings. Yeah, the parents gotta die. They gotta be, one of them's gotta go. There's always I, gotta be a tragedy, yeah. Yeah. And then the scientists came out and said, you know, actually clownfish can just switch gender and, and, uh, and creepy were like, we love it even more. I literally was like down a rabbit hole of that the other day. I was like, clownfish are trans. And then I was like, oh, okay. I got to like watch, <laughs> you know, I, uh, in my head, it's Nemo still this like trans icon and that barracuda attack was transphobic. And absolutely, that's all rooted in why I am so emotionally moved and scared of that beginning 
Um, I'm just imagining you like looking at the ocean and seeing a, a fish and being like, I fucking hate the ocean. And someone goes, <laughs> Megan, why do you hate the ocean? It's transphobic. It's transphobic, it is. Everything in that ocean hates trans people. Literally. And I can tell you. <laughs> Sharks. Sharks. Kelp. Horrible. Oh man. Yeah. The ocean scares me, but I think space scares me more. I actually was thinking about that as well with this. Like, I would love that, like, the experience of, like, zero gravity or whatever, and I think it could be cool to go to space, but, like, all of those factors you were mentioning with, like, just the slip of a tile and you're blown mm. up and shit. And, well, that like, happens in the ocean, too. Uh, yeah. It's similar. Like, people say that it, that parts of the ocean are as unexplored as parts of the moon because it's just impossible to get there and oh. so dangerous. Yeah. Um, something I read earlier that really fucked me up was that when they were designing the alien back to this H.R. Geiger guy, they, he based it on a, a drawing that he did of, an a, of this large penis head of an alien. And on the other side, on one side, it was definitely a penis. It basically had a penis head on the, I'm turning away and won't be able to hear me. Jesus Christ, what was I talking about? Penis head, <laughs> alien, H.R. Geiger, uh, ocean, unexplored. I'm losing my goddamn mind. It looks like an eel, the little one that comes out of that guy. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was talking about. Thank you. The, the little, uh, it's called a pharyngeal jaw. The oh. thing that comes out of the alien's mouth and can do that. It's like a mouth within a mouth. That was invented for the purpose of the movie. But in 2007, they discovered that moray eels have a movable pharyngeal jaw. Like they fucking have oh. that. Damn. And they so cool. didn't discover that until... 30 years later. <laughs> the artist literally was channeling some, like, natural voodoo shit that, like, he just knew. And I always hated more eight eels. Now, now, now they fuck me up even more. <laughs> I mean, why in the world do those things exist? <laughs> Not in snakes. Like, why the fuck? In what, like, get some legs and... And give it two mouths. Ugh. Oh my god, a, I mean... A jaw within a jaw. That moment, um, of the movie, which I guess is another spoiler, but that's what I remember the most from the first time I viewed it was like that scene. I think that's yeah. And just it, like the, like not birth, but like it just like bursting out of uh, the guy. Oh, oh, the chestburster scene. Yeah. yeah I mean yeah, that like, they didn't tell some, uh, I don't, I don't think they told the cast what was going to happen to oh the actor. God. So they got some real, like real reactions to the, so cool. the alien bursting out of John Hurt's chest. And John Hurt was a pretty established actor by then. He already was an Oscar nominated actor. So for him to be the first one to, for, for the alien to claim was kind of another one of those surprise moments, I think. Um, and for the crew as well, because a lot of them did not know what was going to happen. Yeah, his acting when they're eating and he's like sweating and you know, I was really I mean, he looks like hell, like he's been through <laughs> hell and he hasn't even doesn't even know what's coming for him. But oh gosh, um, yeah. yeah, it's so oh, they really make you think. They really lull you into these false sense of securities all all the time. Like when you think Ripley's escaped, nope, the alien's literally right behind her. Or when you think uh, Parker and Lambert might make it, nope, they're they're getting fucked up. Um, and also the idea that the aliens, there's like the vaginal alien, the one that impregnates the host. And then there's the, the penis alien with the, the 
mouth thingy and people have always made these like parallels to the sexual assault angle of what the alien does in all yeah. its forms yeah i remember my professor talking about that specifically like um and and interestingly enough like the 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 way that Ripley's character is just masculine and just feminine enough and basically creating this like not ungendered but pretty until literally randomly she takes all her clothes off um <laughs> I was like hello don't remember this almost but... an hour 50 and suddenly Sigourney's in her panties and we have no idea why it, well it's because she thinks she killed the alien Wait, so, so she's, she's like she's time safe. to take my clothes she's off like, time to take clothes off after a long day like I'm but I also like the way she's wearing her underwear, it's like not fully on in it's, the back. It's, but it's the on the front. <laughs> it's like just like her like butt crack comes out. And here's the ass. And the ass comes back. Um, yes, ass. I I was like, why? I was like, fix it. Like that's uncomfortable. Like what? She's like leaning over some part of the spaceship, but just like her butt is out. Like it's almost <laughs> as if they designed just a triangle cod piece for, for people to wear just yeah, to cover it. I and, mean it's and then it's like the amount also the amount of time it takes her to like shimmy back into the suit when she realizes she needs to put her clothes back on to fight the alien. I was like this movie <laughs> uh yeah it really does um anyway the the idea of it being like this these like phallic and vaginal like assailants and everything but then like the character that survives is like the most like I guess I guess not better I guess like ungendered but still shows some vulnerability like she doesn't swing fully to like the masculine which gets attacked but she doesn't like lose her shit in the same way uh like mm-hmm. that her female counterpart does I think that's just that's interesting. Lambert to me also somewhat re I mean the idea that gender doesn't factor so much into the casting and the characters and the characterization they just wanted people that could act and could mesh together well and um I have an acquaintance who identifies as gender fluid uh or more often agender and they specifically named Lambert as an inspiration for 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 helping them to to reach that conclusion like I don't know what it is about uh, Veronica Cartwright, who to me is also pretty awesome in this movie. Yeah. Not as legendary as Sigourney, but she's got some of the best like uh, anguished cries and pained expressions. And she is living every moment in the she, now. And she's so watchable. I love her. I love, I love when there's a shot where it's like, just on her basically like the boys or whatever are discussing mm-hmm. the plans and she's just smoking and smoking <laughs> and like waiting for them to assign her to do something and they're like and you'll do this and she's like yeah okay yeah fuck it whatever you guys are <laughs> yeah. idiots yeah she's so below annoying. my pay grade <laughs> and it's interesting to me that the people who make it the farthest are the two women in the crewmen of color i don't think mm-hmm. that's a mistake either no not at all i think that i i remember remember like noting that upon the first watch and then also with this I was like oh fuck yeah because they're the ones who had to adapt more survivability in a world that didn't cater to them I think because even Mm -hmm. though it's the future it's still based on history on the history of our earth which is you know one steeped in (laughs) sexism and racism oh boy we love it yeah I will say like they're even just like on a micro level throughout the film before everybody else dies huge spoiler um (laughs) 
they're still like fielding comments about all of that and they're able to like deflect and defend without shutting down with those little comments I think that's I mean it's like a, a brilliant little I don't know tool if they even intentionally did it <laughs> um, so. but yeah I'm trying to think about oh I also was like uh, Ripley just immediately like throws ash against the wall without even like thinking twice like she's so physical with him I think it's like maybe approaching the third act of the movie and it to me it just was so like jarring that that, out of that she gets into a physical fight with him yeah or like just the um like you feel a physical fight coming on but just like yeah. the media grabbing him by the by the collar when mother's like not responding mm-hmm. I was just like wow that was such a like immediate like bold move I, I don't know it was it just uh I don't know I wrote that down I was like wow she really just like throws him against the wall cries and then leaves she is very bold I mean she's not she's not taking shit from nobody I mean is she the is she in charge once the captain is no more is she like second in command or I think she's I think she's second I think she's she's pretty much in charge and if anything when people even when she's not when people question her she's kind of like I know what I'm doing like you do your job, let me do mine. Yes, you do your job, let me do... Yeah, there was a lot of that being bandied about. Like, you you stay in your lane, which is interesting when you realize that the people who are working class and the people who are more uh, for scientific advancement mm-hmm. have vastly different end games. Like, it's weird that you need to be so smart. You literally need to be a rocket scientist to go up into space, but the characters that we're following are not scientists. They're, they're uh, laborers. And then the science aspect of what they do is pulling the strings behind their back, not telling them, like taking complete and utter advantage of them. And it just reminded me of how often science would be used to take advantage of like the the way science and academia and all these things and all these intelligentsia things are used to take advantage of people who just assume science is there to help them right or they're conducting and using things that depend on some of the science but they're doing the actual heavy lifting and moving and like pressing of the buttons they're doing the damn work yeah Mm. i know and then also like i i guess it maybe they kept saying my dear to her. I just wrote down the my Ripley? dear. Yeah, and I was like, can we not with that? Yeah. But I guess I was at the more at the beginning. But um then then she gets all What do life. you think, female officer Ripley? You can just say office you can just say Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like my dear, like I don't know. But then mm. when she's like, I've got access to mother now, I'll get my own answers. Thank you. I was like, Okay, here we go. Like, yeah. Um what did I'm trying to read what I wrote. Someone's driving by playing music really loud. So let's see. Good music? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I got a, a bit of it. I don't know if you could pick it up on your end. Um, it sounds like Ja Rule. <laughs> uh, Nailed it. One. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that, that's what I, what I wrote down was like science can be and will be weaponized and is yeah. ultimately controlled by corporate interest and capital interest rather than actual. Um, actual moral like doesn't doesn't the evil guy at one point say uh no moral high ground or no like um illusion of morality the coldness of that always got to me the most how heartless it was 
Yeah, and I think that contrast, I mean, I think throughout, despite their little back and forth at all of the, like, meals and work, it still felt very, you don't get a lot of emotional access, you don't get a lot of, like, moral yeah no 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 soapboxing really until later i mean yeah when when they're trying to figure out about like whether to like uh, when it comes to like a person maybe gonna die and then they're like figuring out about like the operation with the the face oh yeah that great scene when they slice the helmet in two and it opens up and you get to see the face hugger for the first time (laughs) i love that but yeah that's for me the first time where they're really talking about like i guess like what will happen to him or like what to do they're they're being a bit more cautious and they're a little bit talking about you know they have a little bit of care for human life yeah a little bit of care it's the first like access point but then i think it comes to a complete like explosion like when when she screams you bitch and like smashes upward at uh mother i think that's the most like i thought you visceral like emotional release even though yeah you just gotta punch a robot (laughs) uh and screaming you bitch like it's just um yeah it's like both the most in control and out of control she is the entire time there's a a deleted scene where she won't let you know lambert dallas and and kane in and then when she comes downstairs, Lambert runs up to her and just slaps her across the face. Oh, Veronica just slaps Sigourney Weaver in the face. I don't know why they cut it. Maybe they didn't want them to seem like catty because that wasn't the the type of characters they were going for. But uh, honestly, I would have also slapped the person who tried to, you know, let me die. Yeah, regardless of the, you know, the but, gender or anything like that. That we, I need to watch that. I would, I... They should have left that in. Oh my god. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Um, okay. Because someone just sent me like, did you know that they deleted this scene? And I watched it like, oh shit, I love that. Yeah. I I think that um, Ripley was still doing it though because she was thinking of ultimately protecting people. Right. And then the person who wanted the alien for, for money and for science reasons was the one who's like under the guise of I'm gonna help them was actually dooming them. Right. <laughs> you know, like our healthcare system. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and on that happy note. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, is there anything else about the movie you, you didn't get to touch on or? I think that's mostly everything. I have a note that just says fire guns. Like, the, yes. their guns are on the flamethrowers. Flamethrowers, like, they're always, uh, that was just funny to me, like, when you got those long shots of them, like, it almost looks like a flashlight at first from far away as they're, like, going through the tunnels, and, um, <laughs> but on that, yeah, no. I, I wonder like, how an open flame in the, va- in, in a spaceship would w- actually work, like, I know, I that- sort of, I feel like that's dangerous. I was thinking exactly that, because also it's so, like, especially towards the end, like, Ripley just like has it like isn't even really paying attention to like where she's swinging it and it's just like it's counting down and she has this fire flamethrower gun thing um badass yeah flame flame Sally Ride with a flamethrower I mean (laughs) truly iconic um also an undersung icon that I wanted to bring up is the man in the suit uh Balaji Badejo I believe is how to pronounce that was the uh, six foot ten actor in the alien suit who unfortunately passed away quite young from sickle cell anemia but um, his only film role was to be in was to be in the alien suit and they found him in a bar where like I lo- 
I like the way this guy moves. He was actually like a visual artist and went back to uh, Nigeria after the movie and opened an art gallery. Wow. And they were just like, and now he's a, a, a legend for, for <laughs> hopping into the suit. I did read that this morning. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, so many yeah. things are fascinating about this film. Like how bad it might be for epileptics. <laughs> Didn't notice that at first, but there's a lot of flashing. Do you feel, I, I the way that this one review that I, I copied and pasted said, like, they called it cosmic cosmic escapism and they said especially post-vietnam people had like an appetite for cosmic escapism and mm. while this wasn't like a feel-good family film it still provided an escape like did you feel that though because i feel like again with all these like science and like labor parallels i don't think i fully ever like escaped into the film no i feel like it was trying to make space as gritty and grungy as yeah. as life on earth really is like how how much of a grind it is just to stay afloat even in space yeah i agree, in space, I agree. you still have to pay your taxes <laughs> yeah i loved you commented earlier like there's no gender in space <laughs> oh it was a the tagline of the film originally was in space no one can hear you scream Oh, right. And you oh, had posted right, something right. about how are these lesbians not, or, or these white lesbians are, <laughs> yeah, are white lesbianing all over the place. Uh, I know. I took so many screenshots. I just, uh, the outfits, the hair, the angst, it's all so good. Also, really, do you know anything about Nostromo, like as a name, why they chose that? I don't. Um, I mean, the, the, the mythology and the folklore now is so expansive with all the other movies and characters. But um, the only thing I can think of is Nostro is, doesn't that mean like, I'm thinking of Nostradamus, who was a fortune teller, but I think Nostrum has something to do with space. Damn. I'll Google it after this. It'll be a, a we'll lovely. Put, <laughs> we'll put an addendum. I'll just put a little a little tag on the end of this. Going. Oh, by by the way. Okay. By the way, we we did look it up and. Uh, and Nostrum. Uh, and Nostrum means nostril, and actually the entire ship is named after a hole in your nose. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Megan, so much yeah, for hopping you. on here. Um, I loved your take on all of the alien things and all of the queer things and all of the queer alien things. <laughs> it was a pleasure. I was so, it was such a, a lovely way to, to spend my day, like watching this movie and just thinking deeply about all the, all the stuff it brings up. You know, yeah, even that can be a distraction, even when you're like, well, that, that's too prescient. <laughs> Every now and then you're like, oh, that's too real. That's too real. When they mention quarantine by name, okay, a little. <laughs> I need to take a break. Uh, so, um, where can people find your thirst traps? Where can they follow you? What are your. Um, I am Megs, M E G S Pope, P O P E, on Instagram, and M Pope Tweets, um, M as in Megan Pope Tweets, on Twitter. Uh, I'm like just unhinged, unhinged across. That. But you said I'm on hinge. I'm oh like, my God, oh my okay. God. I'm um, on hinge. I'm sitting. I'm, I'm ready. Quarantine. Fuck quarantine doesn't matter. I'm going for it. I'm oh doing Skype dates every Thursday. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. No. Um. But unhinged. Crazy across social. Um. And social TikTok. And TikTok. Oh my God. Yes. I'm gay Jewish Pope on TikTok. I have a whopping eighty <laughs> followers. It's 
you know Jewish Pope. I love it. Very Jewish Pope. I know. Despite my last name, very, very Jewish. Very Jewish. Well, uh, uh, Hava Nagila. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Shabbat Shalom. And, and Shabbat that, Shalom. It is. It's Saturday. Yeah. It is. Oh goodness, we shouldn't be working. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. <laughs> We're bad Jews. Bad Jews. Uh, Anywho, um, as usual, you can find me on Joshua Simon Says. You can check out my Patreon. You can go listen to this podcast and leave it a five-star review or a terrible one. I don't care. L listens are listens. Do whatever you want. Live your life. The world's ending. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of unhinged. Um, thanks once again so much, Megan. And I guess uh, my last question is, did you gag on this film? I absolutely gagged on this film. It in a good or bad way? In an exceptional way. Exceptional it, gag. I love it. Exceptional gag. It made my day. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. This, this Being able to talk ad nauseum about movies for a while with, with funny people is, it makes my day. So thank you so, so much. Yes. And until uh, next time, my gay anxious gremlins across the globe, uh, we love you. Goodbye.